Hey everybody, this is your favorite host, Austin J. Jones, and welcome to Return to the Movies. In today's episode, we are in Marvel Week. But given that of a recent passing of one of the most famous actors of our time, Chadwick Boseman, it also feels right that we would dedicate this episode to him, while keeping in mind, and we're still reviewing some Marvel movies, just with Chadwick Boseman in him. But first, here's today's joke. I thought I would tell you guys a good time travel joke, but you didn't like it. Oh my god, I'm turning into my dad. And <laughs> coming, coming up, we're going to be talking about Chadwick Boseman's life. Then afterwards, we're going to be talking about the Black Panther. Panther and how he, he did an amazing job of reviewing it, of course. Then afterwards, Infinity Wars. Then, and... And after that, <laughs> Endgame. That's part two of Infinity War. Then afterwards, we're going to be talking about what's next for the Black Panther. But first, here, here's, here's The Man by Alo Block. I'm the man, I'm the man, I'm the man Well, 
Welcome back to Marvel Week, everybody. I'm your fabulous host, Austin Jones, and we're going to be talking about Chadwick Boseman's life as to what he did before being casted as T'Challa, uh, the Black Panther. During his early years, before he graduated from T.L. Hanna High School in 1995, he wrote his first play, Crossroads, and staged it at the school after a classmate was shot and killed. Well, <laughs> Dark times, my friends, dark times. And Chadwick graduated at Howard University in Washington, D.C. in the year 2000 with a bachelor's in fine arts and directing. Afterwards, he lived in Brooklyn to start his career. He worked as a drama instructor at the Schomburg Junior School. Honors program in New York. In 2008, he moved to LA to pursue his acting career. In 2013, he and had his big break with the film 42, where he played the baseball pioneer Jackie Robinson. The same year, he also starred in the film um, The Kill Hole, which was released a few weeks before 42. In 2014, he made the imperial get on up, up, where he did his own Disney singing, dancing as James Brown. Dude, he could dance. I'm not kidding. He could. This man was amazing in that movie. Including to Irish Times and Donald Clark get on up, tested every weapon in in Bozeman's arsenal. Like a star from, from Hollywood's golden age, Chadwick Bozeman could do it all and do it with style. But that doesn't say how much of the man that he is. I don't know what it is. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> Anywho, afterward, Ernst, Ernst later in 2016, he began him playing Marvel Comics character T'Challa, the Black Panther, in the MCU. But I'll get into that later. Here, he agreed to do a five movie contract with the people. And as you can see, he. Ranch get most of the movies, but well, you know. Sadly, afterwards, he died of kind of colon, stage four colon cancer, or after he managed to get the fourth movie out. Sad part is, no one even knew that he, aside from immediate family, he he even had the cancer to begin with, and when we all figured out later on. It was heartbreaking, to say the least. I'm still feeling from the guilt. Hell, heck, some people are even making sure to celebrate Chadwick Boseman. And he was a, that good of an actor. He even ma- people even put up shrines. A little kid and made a shrine for Chadwick Boseman in his own backyard with his own toys. And that doesn't improve of how much of a good man, a good actor that Chadwick Boseman is, then I don't know what to tell you. All I know is the world will be a darker place without an amazing person like Chadwick Boseman in, in it. Coming up, we're going to be talking about the Black Panther. But first, we're going to be taking a little bit of a break. So, we're going to... So, to get you all into 
I just gonna get you all pumped up for Black Panther. I'm gonna be playing The Revolution Will Not Be Televised by Gil Scott Heron. to Marvel We Hink on here on Return to the Movies and and the first movie up is The Black Panther as many of you know The Black Panther is is the 18th film in the MCU that involves King T'Challa played by Chadwick Boseman who was recently crowned as King of Wakanda following his father's death in Civil War but is now challenged by Eric Killmonger, played by Michael B. Jordan, who plans to abandon the country's isolationist values and begin a global revolution. Hence why I played the revolution will not be televised. So it's up to T'Challa, along with his 16-year-old 
Mr. Shuri, played by Leto Wright, right, along with Everett K. Ross, played by Martin Freeman, to stop uh, Killmonger and protect the country and the world from a global revolution. Now, the thing about this movie, it's pretty stellar, and I'm not the only one who think, thinks that. And the movie received critical acclaim from critics praising its direction, screenplay, acting, partially from Bo Oseman and Jordan and Wright, and the costume design, and the production values, and the soundtrack. And, and just, mwah, ah, that, and you gotta admit, Killmonger's suit was definitely cool. You could definitely see a Black Panther mixed with a Cheetah-esque vibe in there. And that's the thing. This movie was basically had predominantly a, the movie basically had a predominantly black cat as in the film. Um, and it took a place in Africa. Africa. Bozeman wanted to get at this right. I mean, he called T'Challa an anti-hero who was very much aware of his responsibilities as the leader of Wakanda. He worked Worked hard to get his accent and right. He had the message from from the king and, and worked with Mara Crump to stay in shape in between Civil War and Black Panther. To prepare for the role, he also visited South Africa. Uh, exam and shot Uncle Zul, Pat, and Lumba are speeches from Nelson Mandel all to feel like song. Talk to your Jaruba Babalo. Oh, sorry, I cannot speak these words. He also trained in Dombe, Dombe, Caprila, and Joa, and Sulu stick fighting. He even took a DNA test just to get a better understanding of his African ancestry. History. He saw. As stated before, he signed a five-film contract and with Marvel to play as King T'Challa. It amazed me that this movie he took us into a deeper level about how many people are claimed that we're different just because of our skin, but really we're not. We're all the same. It doesn't matter if you're black, you're white, right, gay or straight, or you're male or female. You are a, the same person. It doesn't matter where you come from, um, as long as you are your good, as long as you're your best self, all you can do is be the best version you can be. So, um, it's be so the movie also preaches equality, and. Well, Eric Killmonger, or Stevens, mind you, played by I, and Michael B. Jordan, he was definitely one of the best Marvel villains I've seen up to date. And at first, you would think it would be Ulysses Claw huh, playing the villain, but it's not. Instead, Claw was more of a side villain. Helen, Helen and Monk. And Killmonger was the main villain. Oh. 
Now, Michael P. Jordan wanted to prepare this role. He wanted to make it his own character. But he also wanted to make it a Killmonger revolutionist. So he studied Malcolm X, Marcus Gravy, Huey P. Newton, Fred and Hampton, and Tupac and Shocker to prepare that. He also said Heath Ledger's portrayal of the Joker as an influence. And you could definitely tell. Oh, considering Heath Ledger's Joker was more of an anarchist as who wanted to throw Gotham City into chaos, he wanted to start a global revolution that probably will cause thousands upon hundreds of deaths. Yes, but he also believed he was doing what was best for his country, and so much so that he even left an influence back on King T'Challa. Oh, so much so that he even decided to abandon and isolate in Wakanda for and the whole world. He decided to open up its borders, which was a nice pace to show that you know, even we can be equal if we choose to stop of isolating ourselves. For those who don't know or are just joining us, this is Return to the Movies, Marvel Week, Inc. And now we're going to be talking about Avengers Infinity War. Ah, uh, yes, yes. Part one of the two-part finale of the Infinity Saga of, well, the Marvel Cinematic Universe. The movie is pretty straightforward. All right. The film has the Avengers, along with the Guardians of the Galaxy, teaming up to prevent Thanos, played by Josh Brolin, from collecting six all-powerful Infinity Stones as part of his quest to kill half of all life in the known universe. Do they succeed? Do they fail? Well, if the kids haven't seen it yet, prepare to be in for some major scarring, to say the least. (laughs) Yeah, this movie took a weird, took a left turn, that's for sure. You would think how it would end, but it it says, nah, eh. I mean, you could definitely tell how that these, that the writers of the movie wanted to keep the, this ending under wraps. He even, they even gave the cat has fake scripts so that they would, so that they wouldn't know how to, how the movie would end, which was probably a smart move considering Tom Holland is basically a spoiler or warning on steroids. And the funny thing about this is, the more the, the Avengers try to come together, the more that they, they will split apart. Right? They try so that they could get all the Infinity Stones before Thanos. And in the end, it just ends bad for everybody. Now, the one thing I love about, about the movie is the Condon's War Chance. Now... Now, the thing is, they were, those chants really weren't oh, supposed to be in the film. And by the time that the Russo brothers were, realized that the chants were even in the film, um, they realized, you know what? That is an incredibly cool chant, and we should keep it in the movie. It'll probably... And help us out in the long run. And boy, did it! It help. My God, you have not seen that much zeros on a check. I'll tell you that much. 
the mo movie also did give us a pretty good cliffhanger here at the end of it. But I'm not going to spoil anything for you if you haven't seen it yet. And if you haven't, you probably we should go see it. it. It is a pretty incredible movie. Considering that this movie is essentially Thanos' movie. The main villains. Which is a nice change of pace. Consider entering that they've sidelined the heroes for a bit. And I can understand why. This movie is basically... This movie basically sidelined the heroes because we've had movie upon movie to get to know these characters, to care about these characters. That so much so that we even lost a character, or it would be like losing a part of ourselves. I still don't get a little bit teary and when I see the end result of Infinity Wars. And considering what's happened recently, the Chadwick Boseman, that pain just went up tenfold. <sighs> Excuse me, got something in my eye. What was I? Oh, right, the dusting scene. That scene made me cry! Uh, but you could tell that Thanos is a pretty compelling villain. He believes he's the hero. Hero, and for some... And that he's doing what's best for, for the universe. And I can kind of understand and that. Don't hate me. Thanos... Most really believes that he's the savior of the universe without realizing that he's committing thousands, thousands of not thousands, billions, trillions, and and of deaths. And he believes it's for the greater good. And considering that his Marvel counterpart, who only did that just to get with death, yeah, I'm not kidding. He wanted to get with death. <sighs> this may. He found a more compelling villain than he, and in the comics. While he was still all powerful, he was still human. You could see that he he had a joyful side to him, and like when he used the reality stuff on the turn from Peter Quill's blaster into bubbles. You could tell that he did enjoy, enjoy himself sometimes, and he also felt pretty. He also had pretty good emotion, especially in what he had to do in order to get the stones. He believed that there was no other way that the universe was out of bounds so badly that he had no choice. He had to do what needed to be done. He believed himself to be the world, if not the universe's savior. And it just, it made him very compelling. Unlike most Marvel villains, Phase 3, three did have a pretty good and stack of villains. It was they were compelling, they were, they were entertaining, and funny, and I loved watching every bit of Infinity War. Coming up, we're going to be talking about Endgame, but first, here's... Don't do me like that. By Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers.
Welcome back to Marvel Week. I'm your her favorite host, Austin J. Jones, here on Return to the Movies. And now we're going to be talking about Endgame. Endgame is basically a part two of Infinity War, where the surviving members consisting of Captain America, Black Widow, the Hulk, Thor, or, or Hawkeye, I Rocket, and War Machine and Tony Stark, aka Iron Man, having to undo the damage caused by Thanos in Infinity War. Or and well, the Russo's brothers definitely made this a story that none of us will ever forget. And this movie was probably one of the according, according to the Russo brothers, this movie was one of the most expensive films ever made. Hey, it was widely anticipated and by many fans, including myself, of me, of Disney even backed the film with Marvel's largest mar- marketing campaign. It premiered in Los Angeles in April tw- 2019, and well, it was part of our Phase Three of of the MCU. The film broke so many box office records, records you would not believe it. It even man to become the highest grossing film of all time. It received numerous awards and nominations, including two nominations for Best Visual, most at the 92nd Academy Awards, three nominations of the 25th Critics' Choice Awards, winning two, and nomination for special, special visual effects at the 73rd British Academy Film Awards. If that doesn't tell you how much of a good film this is, is I don't know what to tell you. It's an amazing film. Well, they did something interesting. Instead of making keeping both equal focus on on the villain and and the heroes like, like they did, they decided to backtrack the villain a little bit, and they do it in the most <clears throat> interesting way possible by cutting off his head. Yikes! Thanks. And then five years pass later, here and everyone's living in Thanos's universe, which was an interesting and thing idea to do. I mean, basically, basically dealing with the fact that everyone lost everything, and that's basically what this movie is all about: dealing with loss, family members, loved ones, all gone, ripped away, hey, from. And those that you care about. I mean, sure, the event injured. Here's think of some time travel do, but I think of a Jake Hager, then go back in time and collect the stone. I want to undo the damage. But then, and oh, then the past decides to say, you know what, why don't we mess up their lives a little bit more? Or so past Thanos 
enters the mix. And it leads to probably one of the most perfect final battles you could ever imagine. Everyone on, from on past Marvel films is there. Here, from um, Doctor Strange, Angel, all the way to Nick Fury, played by Samuel L. Jackson. And, and it leads to basically everyone and getting off of their seat and cheering like little girls. I was clapping their heads off. I know I was a little bit giddy when I finally heard Captain in America finally say Avengers Assemble. God knows we've been waiting a few movies for that one. And every time we think that he would, he just swings and misses. It's, he was about to say in this in the sequel in Age of Ultron, but the moviegoers say, nah, let's make, make them wait a little bit. And man, did they make us wait. <laughs> but the payoff was definitely huge. Everyone was happy to see their favorite heroes. There was even the smallest of cameos got bit ecstatic, made fans ecstatic to see, especially from the Red Skull. This movie is basically everything you would want a Marvel film to be. It's got family, well, it's got action, drama, comedy, comedy, and it makes you you feel like like that you watched an experience that you couldn't live without. I know I couldn't. In case you, those who you want, wondering, this is is their third. This is their 22nd film, oh, um, and, and the end to the Infinity Saga. Meanwhile, Spider-Man Far From Home is the 23rd film and the epilogue to that saga. Don't know why they decided to end it on a Spider-Man film, but you know what? I'm not going to judge. It was a good... These movies are definitely something that I would definitely recommend to us, every person. Uh, for those who are just joining... I guess, or those who don't know, this is Return to the Mo Movie. He's Marvel Week, and now we're going to be talking about what's next for Black Panther. Now that Chadwick Boseman has passed on, on everyone is wondering what are the what are the people who are making the sequel to Black Panther going to do? Are they going to recast? Yes, are they going to make use some um, back? Some old film of, of Chadwick Boseman and from the original films. What? Me personally, I say don't recast. Instead, pass the title on onto someone else. Preferably Shuri. Shuri, played by Letta Wright. Shuri, he was definitely was a a new play. He's for people who don't know. Oh, she was a good role model for young black girls. And everyone went nuts when and it was announced that Chadwick Boseman would be King T'Challa, aka Chadwick a the Black Panther, who was the I believe the very first first black superhero in the Marvel Well, the first black superhero to get his own movie, I mean. 
in the Marvel's universe. Everyone went nuts over that. So why shouldn't they make sure Hurry into the new Black Panther? It makes the most sense. Shuri is King T'Challa's sister. Mister, she's next in line. She plus she he has good knowledge of technology. She he's probably one of the small in fact executive producer or the Black Panther, Nate Moore, called Shuri the smartest person in the world. Even more more so than Tony Stark. And that's pretty he's smart considering I mean, that dude made a suit in a cave filled with scraps. You can't, can't top anything like that, let me tell you. Oh, yeah. And if you do who makes sure into the new Black Panther, it's a two-for-one. Not only would she be helping more, more people like Chadwick Boseman did and when he became Black Panther and sort of healed some diversity from... Um, um, to and fro, but you would all. She would also be more of a, a cultural phenomena for the female, right? I'm pretty like she was for young black girls. She would it'd be for all women. And imagine how much money they would get for making sure her into Black Panther. Oh, I can just see the Marvel's bank now. Wow, I didn't expect the bank to explode with a mushroom cloud filled with money coming out of it. <laughs> so yeah, I definitely say make Hank Letter right, aka a sure you're into the new Black Panther, which Panther. It would definitely make things a little bit more bearable. Well, here. Right now. Oh. Anyways, that's gonna be it for, for this week. Ink. This has been Ink here on Marvel. On return to the movies this is Marvel Week. Ink. We discussed how Chad and Bo Hoseman lived his life. How people are going to miss him when he's now gone. And how. How much of an impact he's made in many films, and we also discussed what, how his legacy should be preserved. No one can talk on Chadwick Boseman as the a Black Panther, that's for sure. There, but that, uh, so, if they do decide, I to, and make sure, hurry into the new Black Panther. God, I'm hoping. Let it be her own character, not. Let her try to deal with the fact that she is is dealing with this new responsibility instead of me, of making someone else into the new T'Challa. Because include, a lot of people, including myself, think that there can only be one person who ever truly plays that role perfectly. And that is and always will be Chadwick Boseman. Well, this is it. And for... Return to the movies, and remember people, Wakanda forever.